I hear bay waters lapping with low sounds by the shore. And that can mean only one thing. It's time for Cousin Rick to call in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick Stecktalk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. Good morning, RT. And how are you? Oh, I am fine. Aloha and uh, <laughs> bonjourno and everything else. And namaste. <laughs> okay, well, um, do you have a ride of the week for us? Oh, Pastor? yes, we have a ride of the week. Okay, I just, uh, you didn't ask me what the weather's like, but it's warming up here. It's in the 40s today and all the ice is melting. Oh, well, that's so, nice. Uh, yeah. 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 The sun isn't here yet, so you can't play Here Comes the Sun. The ice is slowly melting. Right, 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 right. I know. But I, I, I know, And I can't play it here either because there is no ice, you know, but it's, and it's <laughs> going to be like in the 70s. <laughs> okay. Hey, the ride of the week. All right. The GMC 2022 Canyon midsize pickup truck. It's four-wheel drive, and it comes in KN red tin coat with the interior jet black and Kalahari. I, I, I love the creativity in these names. <laughs> really? To me, Kalahari means I'd probably find sand in the truck or something. That's what you no, would that's think. The color. Be, yeah. is, it, is, is it a sandy color at least? It, uh, well, it's, it's kind of like a... It's it's trim, so you don't really notice it more. It's more just you notice the black and the, it's like the stitching and some oh, of the trim. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not overly done with the Kalahari. Mm -hmm. Okay, but getting back to what counts, the the engine is a 3.6 liter V6 that puts out 308 horsepower and 369 pound feet of torque, and it's hooked up to an eight-speed automatic transmission. Now, that combination gives you uh, 7,700 pounds of towing capacity and 1,500 pounds of payload capacity in the, uh, in the short bed on this truck. And the uh, EPA numbers are 17 miles per gallon city, 24 highway for a combined total of 19 miles per gallon combined, and it's four-star safety rated. So it's, uh, it's good on that point there. And uh, let's go through some of the features here. Now, this is a, a mid-sized truck, so you would think it'd be in the, the, low, the low end of the truck range here. And it comes with an off-road suspension package, remote vehicle start, both driver and passenger seat have power lumbar supports, which is interesting. It's got a heated steering wheel, and it's got a folding rear bench seat, which it, a lot of uh, many trucks have that, and it's kind of a feature that I kind of find uh, not very useful because if you fold down the rear seat, there's nothing really behind it except the, uh, the back end of the cab, and it, it makes for a flat area where you can put stuff on, but, uh, you know, not, to me, not that useful. It's got, outside in the back, it's got the corner step rear bumper with the little indentation on the rear bumper on the corners so that you can step on that and just jump right into the, into the bed in the back. Okay. And uh, the standard price, the base price,
price for this vehicle is $40,200, which today is cheap for a truck. Trucks have gone up in price, and that's uh, cheap for a truck. But our uh, vehicle had the off-road performance package of $3,200, which includes a suspension leveling kit, off-road rocker protection. Those are rails on the side of the vehicle that protect the door from uh, in, from banging on uh, and the door and the body from being banged by rocks that you would drive over going off-roads. And it's got uh, skid plates, special gloss black aluminum wheels, and we also have the GM infotainment nav system, which comes with a Bose premium audio system. Okay. And the total, with all the options and a $1,200 delivery charge, is $46,700. Okay? And the, uh, the canyon is built in Wentzville, Ohio. Okay? And the, the parts content, U.S. Canadian parts content is 61%, including the engine and transmission from the United States, with Mexican part content, 17 percent and uh it's a uh what they call a mid-sized truck or it's the, the smaller end of the truck range that competes with the toyota tacoma and uh what's interesting you know with all this technology in the car for some reason gmc has uh you you can't open the doors just by putting your hands on it with many vehicles today Okay, you either have to use a physical key or push a button on the fob to open the doors. And then once inside the car, you think even with the fob, you could push a button and start the car, but there is a, an ignition key that you uh, ignition, ignition lock on the steering column, just like in the old days. You put the key in there and start the truck. So it's kind of interesting combination of old and new. Hmm. Yeah, is that, is that uh, I mean, is that uh, supposedly for, uh, like, anti-theft uh, protection? Well, if it was anti-theft, they would have put a stick shift in there. Then you wouldn't find many people that could drive it. <laughs> so, yeah, good you point. You know, it has other anti-theft features, but it does use a key. So it's kind of, kind of interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a nice riding truck. It's, uh, if you don't need a big truck, it's the way to go. All right. So that's the right of the week. Right. The GMC Canyon. Okay. And uh, anything else automotive today? Oh, yeah. We've got a, a couple of neat things here. Okay. And, again, our friends at iccars.com have come up with a, a survey of which used cars cost more than their new version, okay? They've come up with the top cars that cost more used than new. And this uses data just from last month, from January 1st to January 31st. They looked at what they call lightly used cars, which uh, cars that are maybe one year old, and uh, compared that to the new car, and they've come up with 
vehicles that cost more used than new because of the chip shortage. Maybe new cars are scarcer or more scarce than new versions of that. And it seems that uh, there's two uh, two types of cars that uh, fall into this category with higher use prices than new. And one is, is some of these uh, really expensive luxury vehicles and some of the uh, cheaper vehicles that maybe there's more demand, although a luxury buyer may be willing to pay more just to get the vehicle, okay? And if we go through some of the numbers here, if I can scroll down on my notes, okay, the Mercedes-Benz G-Class, which is a a big squarish-looking vehicle, it cost 35% more used than new. And the Chevrolet Corvette, because there's been some production problems, and it's an in-demand vehicle, costs 20% more used than new. And and similarly, a Tesla Model Model 3, 17% more used than new. And the Ford Bronco Sport, which is a high, high demand vehicle, is costing 16% more used than new. Hmm. And so, but but conversely, there are many vehicles which cost a lot less uh, used than new. Okay, so like the Ford Mustang, it costs just about 20% less than a new Mustang. A year-old Mustang would cost you 20% less. And the same with the BMW 7 Series. So if you, uh, if our listeners want to go to iccars.com, they can see the results of this latest study. And uh, again, interesting data from the folks at iccars.com. Yeah. Wow, that uh, really is counterintuitive, I have to say, because <laughs> I know there was the list of uh, wasn't that for the most part, the uh, high end luxury cars depreciate the fastest. Right. Right. But, yeah. you know, in an odd situation, if you know, if there's people willing to pay a lot and they can afford it just to get it, they'll do it. And so a couple of these vehicles are like that, like the Mercedes G-Class. Okay. Sounds but moving good. on in automotive. Yes, yes. Okay. Ford. Uh, we know that Ford has their F-150 Lightning all-electric pickup. And uh, Ford is highlighting the fact that using the battery system in the Lightning pickup truck, you can power your house during a blackout, if your power goes out in the house, you can use the battery in the vehicle to charge your house, much like a, uh, a standby generator. Okay, and they say that the uh, the battery in the uh, F-150 Lightning can store about 131 kilowatt hours of energy, and with the average U.S. home using 30 kilowatt hours a day, you can get a little over, uh, say, three days of power uh, to power your house without uh, during a blackout if the power goes out. 
Now, if you uh, Ford is partnered with a solar company called Sunrun, who uh, furnishes the high uh, high capacity chargers for Ford for Ford owners to install in their house. They also provide solar power for a rooftop installation. So if you want to get a combined system of solar power and the F-150 Lightning, you can go as long as 10 days uh, by supplementing the battery power in the car using solar power, say, on your roof. Because then, you know, during the night, you wouldn't have solar power, so you would use your Ford Lightning to power the house. Then you, you also have to do some uh, work on the house to install an inverter and maybe a, well, not maybe, you have to put a circuit breaker in there so that when the power goes out, you disconnect your house from the grid to go to the standby power in the truck so that when uh, linemen and women are working on the line out there that uh, you're not pumping power into the grid that could possibly uh, electrocute somebody working outside your house. So that uh, an interesting age we're coming in. You don't have to buy a generator. You just buy an electric truck. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing package. I know it's yes, a... and I, I imagine that other electric vehicle manufacturers will be incorporating similar, uh, similar arrangements to maybe give you uh, standby power. Yeah, and, and it seems like the uh, you know these uh, batteries are the way to go. You know whether it's the the truck or a, you know a unit that you have in your house. Okay, well, let's see anything else. A Musk minute, perhaps. Oh, a Musk minute. Yeah, we've got a Musk minute, and it was just announced. Uh, I think it was yesterday that Thursday night, February tenth at nine p.m. Eastern time, Elon is going to get is going to give a presentation on Starship. So what he talks about is anybody's guess. I don't know if he'll go into a screed against the FAA for delaying his environmental assessment. And uh, we'll have to see what, what happens there, but it could be interesting. Yeah, okay. definitely, yes, yes. Elon being the showman that he is, I imagine yes. there'll be some uh, you know, pyrotechnics of one kind or another. Right. It's... Uh, it's kind of like watching certain politicians. It's almost like watching a train wreck sometimes. But <laughs> right, but very interesting. Interesting. It'll be interesting. Wreck. But in in other Musk news, okay, uh, Tesla has uh, had a is instituting a recall because on some of its autonomous driving, it installed what's called a rolling stop feature on the car that. Uh, the car, it's in an autonomous mode, comes up to a stop sign. It's going less than, say, five miles an hour. It detects no pedestrians, no other vehicles around it. It won't come to a full stop. It'll go to a, it'll roll at a low speed and then speed up after going through the intersection. <laughs> Which is how most drivers drive. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, let's put it this way: it saves energy. If you're doing this a lot, you don't have to use energy going from a dead stop. And it, if you can keep a little rolling up, you get a lot more uh, efficiency in uh, urban driving. Mm -hmm. And uh, although, strictly speaking, it's again the law, 
because you don't come to a full stop. Right. So maybe uh, maybe there'll be a compromise there. Who knows? Yeah. I know in California we call it the California stop. I don't know about that's what Massachusetts. They, yeah, that's so. what they call it, the California roll <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, But you've, you've driven in Massachusetts, so you know what bad driving is like. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I would say even worse than the California, which is pretty <laughs> bad. So I know you have well, one or two more things. We're, we're kind of getting on the top of the hour here, so... Okay, let's uh, let's see what I got here. Yeah, I've got this uh, one thing here from Bristol University in England. Okay, they've come up with a minute drone propulsion system. Okay, it it it's kind of like a dragonfly. It's a flapping a flapping insect drone, very small, and it uses a L-A-Z-A, a LAZA liquid amplified zipping actuator. I think somebody came up with that name and uh, an acronym uh, which has no, uh, <laughs> it's, it's to be cute rather than uh, descriptive. But right. basically the, uh, the wings of the dragonfly or the drone are electrodes which at the root on either side has an other electrode. So if you have a positive charge on the electrode in the middle that form, that goes out to propel the wing, you put a negative charge on the upper electrode over the wing at the root, and it deflects the wing up, then you alternate it and put a negative elect, a charge on the lower electrode. So it makes it flat. You're, you're switching the polarity so the wing flaps up and down, and they use an electrolyte between the, the flapping part and the, uh, the electrodes to amplify the efficiency and the current. And uh, so that's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting little drone there. That would, uh, you know, they're saying, okay, you can use these things in really tight places and what they... Uh, what they do for, say, you know, rescue work or in collapsed buildings. And, uh, you know, kind of interesting. I'm just looking here for some of the more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can use it like search and rescue or even use these things to act as insects to pollinate plants. Mm-hmm. Kind of an interesting application there. Yeah. Okay, well, we've reached the top of the hour, so that's going to have to be a wrap for today. Well, top of the hour, top of the morning. Glad we could get together. Yeah, glad we could get together. And the sun just came out, so you can play Here Comes the Sun. All right, maybe I will. Okay, so that was Cousin Rick calling in from Needham, Massachusetts, with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream.